Lord, open our ears to your voice. Open our eyes to your word. Open our minds, Lord, that we might be transformed. Lord, help us not to conform to this world. To the glory of Jesus. Amen. I was talking to someone, this is quite a long time ago, about the Holy Spirit. And they said to me, quite genuinely, the Apostle Paul doesn't really talk about the Holy Spirit, does he? And I looked at them and went, But what they meant was, you can find chunks of Paul's letters that talk about the cross and what it means. Or chunks of Paul's letters that pull out the arguments about who Jesus is. Or pull out the arguments about where Israel fits in the whole pattern of things. And actually Paul doesn't sit down and write a chunk of his letter. That's a technical term, by the way. The theological technical term of Bible study, a chunk of, of, of a letter. He never writes a chunk about the Holy Spirit. But... Every sentence, every phrase, there's a mention or an allusion to the Holy Spirit, not an illusion, an allusion to the Holy Spirit. And it's quite a, a well-known book, I don't know if anybody's read it, called God's Empowering Presence, by a theologian called Gordon Fee. And he's taken every reference to the Holy Spirit in Paul's letters and you know, pulled it out, pulled the meaning out and looked at it. The book is about that thick. <laughs> Anybody read it? No? Anybody else read it? It's the thing you, sort of thing you do at theological college. I'm lying, I've read most of it. I haven't read all of it. There was a smaller version called God the, God the Holy Spirit and the People of God or something. And of course it wasn't as good because it tried to do that in that and it didn't quite work and plus he's a he's a he's a pentecostal academic theologian now there's a an unusual uh, combination but if you ever see it well, you've heard me talk about god's empowering presence the holy spirit that's where i get the phrase from it's from him and paul's letters actually are full of the holy spirit partly because he is a man who has experienced the Holy Spirit in such a deep and profound and transforming way that he can't help himself. So here's a question for you. Who sets us free? Is it Jesus or is it the Holy Spirit? Yes. There you go. They're well trained, Paul. They're well trained. We've got some visitors with us. Paul used to be... Our worship leader. Hello. He used to be our worship leader down in Dorset, so it's great to have the family here this morning. It really is. Um, the answer is very definitely yes. There's an old-fashioned phrase. I think I've used it not that long ago. The truth of the gospel is the father thought it. It was his idea because he loves us. The father thought it. Jesus has bought it. 
the cross. He's paid the price. And the Holy Spirit has wrought it. Now, there's the old-fashioned word. But wrought it means made it happen. So, is it the Son that sets you free? The Son, if the Son sets you free, you are free in thought and feeling. Yeah, that's what Leonard said, wasn't it? Indeed, and thought and feeling. So, it's Jesus that sets you free. And of course it is, because without the reality of Jesus, without what he's done on the cross, without him as the second person of the Trinity becoming human and being sin for us and dying on the cross, without that we cannot be free. The stuff that holds us, the sin, the selfishness. I want hands up if you've not been selfish this week. Yeah? Little ones are allowed to put their hands up at this point. Yeah. Well, no, actually, no, they are quite selfish, actually, aren't they? Ah, I want food. Oh, no, that's just me, isn't it? That's not the little ones. Yes. We can't be free without what Jesus has done. And that's the point. But it's the presence of the Holy Spirit that means we are free now. Because of what Jesus says, it's one of those, you, every time you say, well, Jesus sets you free, you want to go, yeah, but the Holy Spirit. And every time you say the Holy Spirit sets you free, you want to go, yeah, but Jesus. Because it's in an Alpha course once, you keep confusing Jesus and the Holy Spirit, to which my response was good. <laughs> because, you know, is it God, is it Jesus that does this or is it the Holy Spirit? And I think that was probably the first time I ever said yes to an either or question. Now you look sick of it but that's fine are you ready now Paul are I giving you long enough yeah. good <laughs> Romans 8 therefore remember Paul whenever Paul writes the word therefore gar in Latin um, what's that word Greek that's the one whenever he writes he means given everything I have said so go home and read the first seven chapters and then work out what the therefore means. I'm not going to do it now. Because, but the therefore here, and then the therefore at the beginning of chapter 12, they're the, they're the bits that stick Romans together. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you ever feel guilty? Don't. Don't. Recognise the wrong and deal with it. Don't feel guilty. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. doesn't mean you don't do things wrong, but it's the condemnation that has gone. Have I done something wrong? Yes, I come in repentance. Done. Don't feel guilty. Don't go into that shame. Don't go into that place. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit... Hang on. The law of the Spirit. I thought the Spirit brought freedom. Why is this law? Because we have a very weak understanding. Even those... Anybody studied law? Yeah, yeah Joe, you can put your hand on yeah, Good. There's a few of you over there. Yeah. So no offence meant here. But we have a weak understanding of what the word law means. For most of us, it means rules and regulations. But in the heavenly realms, 
The sense of law means that there is something that happens that always does something else. It's that use of the word law. So we mustn't get caught up in the legalism of the word law. Because there is the law of the spirit. Where the spirit is, there is freedom. When I typed the script the first time, it, you know, she said F-R-E-E. -E. I, I accidentally typed four E's. F-R-E-E-E-E. -E -E -E. So there's freedom. <laughs> but we are free. And that is true. There's no condemnation. You've been set free. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Hang on, back, um, back. The law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. So it's the law of the Spirit that has set you free. It's the law of the Spirit that has set you free. Because he cannot do anything else. When the Spirit comes, he, and I'm saying he a lot so that you all stop saying it, he, he, the Holy Spirit, he, because... The Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing. He, I've got there yet. <laughs> Have you gotten on yet? Yeah. He is his law. He can do nothing else but set you free. I've worked out what's going on. I've got my phone next to the microphone, next to the receiver. That should stop happening now. That's good. And sets you free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death for those outside of Jesus is destruction. And that's a law, not rules and regulations, but it's a law that it will happen. If you're outside of Christ, it's destruction. Eternally. It's not nice, is it? The good news is the, good news is the gospel, but the gospel before it's good news is bad news. Because the bad news is it shows you what's going on. The good news is, there's an open door here, there's a way out. There's a free gift that is freedom. But most people in the world, sadly, when they're offered a free gift, go, what's the catch? Now, there is a catch with this, because it needs paying for. But the real amazing thing about it is the catch has already been dealt with. Jesus has paid the price. <coughs> Nothing we can do can earn our salvation. We've been set free from the law that was sending us to heaven. Uh, sending us to hell. Get that the right way around, Laurie. We've been set free from the law that was sending us to hell. When the law came, when, the, when Moses got the law, it was to show Israel their sin. That's what the law is there for. To show us our sin. But Jesus came... To set us free from that. The law couldn't do it. For what the law was powerless to do. I knew it was coming. For what the law was powerless to do. Because it was weakened by the flesh. So the law could have done it. If we could keep the law perfectly. <coughs> it's not that the law couldn't do it. It's the law wasn't. The law had the potential to do it. But never the reality to do it. Because we cannot be sinless. Jesus kept the law perfectly. Thank God. Literally. 
Because that's why he could be the second Adam. That's why he could be the sacrifice that paid for our sin. The blood that is, that's the law. The law of the heavenlies, the law of the spiritual realm is blood. And it's Jesus' blood that's done it. God did, God did it instead of the law. God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. Is that the end of the... One more. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the flesh, but just in case you've missed the point, but according to the spirit that Paul never mentions. But he does. So do we live because Jesus dwells in us or because, Je or because the Holy Spirit dwells in us? It's the same. We've been set free. 2 Corinthians, Paul, if we can. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Now Yahweh is the Spirit. I've had a discussion with somebody. That, well, that just means God is spirit. No. You know, Paul is careful what he writes. If he wanted to say the Lord is spirit, he would have said the Lord is spirit and wouldn't have put the there. He's very, because you can in Greek, you don't have to use those articles. But it's there. The Lord is the spirit. He's, talk, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, you know the next question. So where the Spirit of the Lord is? Where is the Spirit of the Lord? And in us? The Spirit of the Lord dwells in you and me individually and in us as the church. Please hear this clearly. The Spirit of the Lord dwells in the temple of God that is the church. That doesn't mean the building. That means the people. For the Spirit of the Lord dwells in us at St. Leonard's, but us and kings and St. Mary's and blah, 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 and whoever, and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And there is freedom. Apart from where we want laws again, and rules. Because we do like rules. Even those of us that don't like rules, like rules. Even those of us that like breaking rules, like rules to be there so we can break them. 70 miles an hour. <sighs> Sorry. But being, being someone who conforms to rules a lot, and not me, if you're someone who conforms to rules a lot, is debilitating. It's absolutely debilitating. Because it becomes a pressure, doesn't it? It's got to be perfect. But the whole point of the gospel is we're not perfect. So we don't have to conform to the rules. We just have to follow Jesus. But for those of us that don't like rules, then actually we've got to realise there are rules so that we can see where there are things that are wrong. But we're free. We're not bound by it. 
We can walk into the freedom that is ours. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, in each one of us, there is freedom. He doesn't say there can be. He doesn't say there might be. He says there is freedom. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. No longer to be subject to a yoke of slavery. I'm not, I've gone off Galatians 5.1. I'm on to rejoice, rejoice now. But anyway, but it's, but it's still true. It's still true. We're free. But not free to do whatever we want. The heart that keeps rules because we ought to and we should is a heart that's sick. The heart that does those things because we love the Lord and because he's set us free to do them is healthy. So if you ever go, find yourself going, I ought, I ought, just stop. Just stop. Is the ought really an ought? Because if it is, then don't do it. Is the ought your language to make an excuse for not to? <laughs> That's also a part of it. Why do we come to church? Or we ought to? No. We come to church because we, we love the Lord and we want to worship. We want to be together. Why do we tithe? Or we ought to? No. We tithe because we love the Lord and we want to see the Lord's work prevail. Why do we give to Pete? Why do we whatever? Because we love the Lord, not because we ought to. If anybody at the front here, me, Wendy, any of us, make you feel ought to, please tell us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Maybe don't get that cross. But... <laughs> Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's true. Do you know why it's not true? Because it's in the Bible. There's an old song, isn't there? I know it's true because the Bible tells me so. It's a very old song. We believe what's in Scripture. Do you believe you're free? Yeah? I'm talking to myself now. We'll live like it then. Live free. Or you could live in freedom. Hang on. I'll be selling another course soon if I'm not careful. <laughs> it's not about those things. It's about following Jesus. 